What up, everyone? Episode one of the Blueprint Pod. Episode one here. We've got an awesome guest today. Kind of a uh, uh, a sudden change of events here. We we recorded our pilot episode today on in this same living room, and uh, a few hours later, we we're like, let's let's rip episode one tonight. So we've got our uh, our main man, Alex Lopez, uh, former Lamar. Texan, because we were the last Redskins there. True. Uh, <laughs> former Lamar Texan, uh, former McLennan. The heck are you? Highlanders? Highlanders. Highlanders. Yeah. McLennan Highlanders. And then uh, cur- better. current current <laughs> University of Houston Cougar. Captain. Uh, captain. Is that official? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah one have of you captains. been named? A f- yeah, one, one of the captains. captains. Yeah. Not the captain. Not the captain. No. We only have one. one Tucker was the captain was the in high captain. school. But to his senior year. Here nor there. In high school. Here nor there, episode one is not Tucker Cascad, and it is Alex Lopez, <laughs> Thank God. one of the captains of University of Houston baseball team. Alex, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Uh, thoughts, feelings, questions? What do you got right off the bat? Oh, rough, but man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It was kind of out of the blue, too. I was getting my post-practice. Yeah, were you in, a, you were in the hot tub, you said, right? I was in the hot tub <laughs> doing my little circuit of uh, hot tub, cold tub, and Gabe calls me. He's like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? I said, first I was a little scared, but I was like, man, let's do it. Yeah, in that yeah. moment. <laughs> see, I don't think many of us have gotten the call while being in the hot tub to be asked to be on a podcast. <laughs> True. So what's what goes through your head there? Is it is it fear? Is it excitement? Um, I think part of it has to, like, what what was his first question? Did he did he question you when you asked him? Yes. A little bit, yeah. I I I think I worded it right. I mean. When I was here earlier and I left, I was like, one, Alex, I've known him forever since he was 12. But not only that, I thought instantly a lot of guys are going to learn something from this podcast. Yeah. So why not just let it rip off the bat? But I so think I guess there's a little bit of trust. He, he trusts you yeah. enough. Yeah. To just to be not, like, yeah, right, yeah. I, I told I'll, him, I'll I said, uh, he's like, what are we going to talk about? Like, we're not going to talk about anything crazy. I literally said, we're not going <laughs> to talk about physics. Like, yeah. We're going to talk about stuff that you're comfortable with and, you know, stuff that, you know, athletes can relate to. Yeah. 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 When he asked me, I kind of went through my head and I was like, man, obviously, if it, uh, if it was someone who like random who just hit me up on DM or something, I would have probably said no. Give me some time. But and Gabe gave me like two hours notice. I'm like, all right, let's do it. What's the worst that can happen? And yeah, so you trust you trust us with your life, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> with your name, like we, yeah, we could put him on the chopping block right now because he's committed to us. We're recording, so yeah, we could fire away done. and just make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, that's not what we're here for. Um, yeah, no, man. Again, thank you. I think, I think you going into season. What are y'all? Less than a month, right? Three weeks away. Three weeks yeah, away. So I thought. Even. You know, what a great time to get you on um, to talk about, you know, a little bit of your background, um, how you got to where you are. Uh, I think talking, hitting approach is something that we really want to hone in on uh, to hear, you know, how simple or how advanced uh, your your mindset is at the plate. Um, I think we both have some good questions about that. but also just, you know, how you carry yourself and and people that might have had an impact on where you are today and other goals that you have for the season, for yourself, for the team, et cetera. So uh, I'm glad that we get to catch you right before the season and 
who knows maybe we get a follow-up podcast after the season depending on how it goes that'd be cool um maybe it goes well and you're like you're gonna ask us if you can come back on or it might go bad and we're like hey like alex let's do a follow-up and you're like don't talk to me like i don't know why i did that podcast before the season kind of thing (laughs) so uh no man I, i i i think going into it and busting right into it is uh you're from Houston, right? You're born and raised here. Yeah, um, born and raised. Um, families um, migrated over here, and I'm first generation now. My brother being the first one to graduate from college in, in our family, and I just became the second this December. So that was exciting for me. Did you yeah, graduate? Yeah, graduated in, in this uh, December. Let's go, man. Yeah. What'd you uh, What'd you major in? Sociology. Okay. So kind of out of the blue, but also like uh, I like that. I like seeing the different perspectives of, yeah. a, a, of a lot of things and it's um changed my mind a lot too cool yeah. man so are you does this mean that you're in have you started a graduate degree now uh, not a graduate playing? degree i just did a like a post-grad uh classes so you get the, okay you're still taking some classes yeah. keep your eligibility kind of going yeah so cool. i still have my eligibility from my covid year which is my freshman year yeah and mm-hmm. that's when all it all happened which is pretty cool i think we had like the best the best outcome out of COVID because we, uh, as a freshman going into junior college, I got to play 20, 20 games because our wow. season started early. So I got to play 20 games in college. And then when all that ended, I still got the experience and I got the year back. Really? While That's all the high schoolers. I didn't think about that. Yeah. All, yeah. all the high schoolers got a lot of guys coming back, a lot of returners coming back. Uh-huh. And while the D1 guys, uh, I think, um, they kind of got set back. They, they I don't yeah. the, the D1 freshmen, they yeah. didn't start their season yet. I think they were like maybe like one weekend. One but they weekend, didn't experience it. Because I was in Florida with Owen Holt, and there was yeah. their second game. Yeah, I remember you telling me. And we got that. a, there was a, Mr. Holt got an email saying like something about COVID, and boom, everything shut down. So yeah, you're, I didn't think about that. Yeah, Juco's were rolling for like three weeks before. Yeah. The D one. Yeah, we I remember yeah. Sand Jack, our opening was yeah, it was like January. two or three weeks before yeah. uh D one or, or at least uh NCAA division one started. So yeah, you got some A B's in, you got yeah. your feet wet, you got settled in a little bit. Yeah. Right around uh, this time, I think they started in I think a week. They yeah. started in a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Jack's back in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they had a tournament this past weekend. Oh, oh this is a, in globe life. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, good, man. So uh, I guess before we dive into or fast forward into college, um, just a quick background on you. Like you said, your parents uh, moved here from Mexico. Um, I've been to your house before. I've had many meals <laughs> at your house. Really um, good ones. I've gotten to meet your parents before and I've met your brother as well. Or is it just y'all two? No, so it's three of us. So I got an older brother who's um, eight years older than me, and then mm-hmm. older sister who's four years older than me. Okay. So all four years apart, and youngest, youngest kid. Youngest, yeah. But luckily, um, growing up, my brother, eight years older than me, he kind of, my dad was the one when he came to the U.S. He fell in love with Sunday League baseball, and that's yeah. where his love for the game yeah, came I've about. Yeah, I got my taste there before. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Um, yeah, well, like a men's league, Sunday league. Um, he loved it there, and he became really good within like a year of just coming. So I, I guess it was kind of like natural. But before that, no background of baseball, no background of any sport at all. And he just came here, fell in love with baseball, and then 
his love for the game was so like new. So he kind of put it on my brother, and then, and then eight years later, I come out, and then I kind of got that blueprint from him, and which kind of hold on, me. quick shout out to the blueprint pod. I know you didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it's like that in movies. Yeah. Oh my god, they like, said the title. Yeah, they said the, they title. Said the title. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the shout out. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> Literally, you're on the blueprint. blueprint. So now keep going. I, was I didn't sick, mean though. to say that. That just came out. That was so sick. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of like set up that that blueprint for me of baseball. So kind of he went through like the you know like the rough draft for me, and then he kind of set that route for me, and I kind of like he always I was always around his high school buddies growing up, eight years older than me, obviously. So that gave me like a older crowd to be around uh they gave me um i know he, i think he gave me like like 10 older brothers i can just ask any questions to yeah and that was awesome yeah you're submersed into this life of just yeah. older teammates of your brothers and friends that just kind of naturally became your older brother exactly. and they treated you like a little brother too i think yeah. when you said uh your siblings being four and eight years older than you my my immediate uh question uh thought to that was how do you think that's impacted you as as a player as a person um getting to see them obviously your brother playing baseball and seeing him go through the ropes uh taking whatever knowledge from that or learning whatever lessons that he went through um and even having an older sister um you know maybe not from the baseball side as much but maybe just as a as a younger brother what have you learned being the youngest of the family? Yeah, thinking about that, I've thought about that a lot, actually. Um, my sister being four years older than me, um, I went through their teenage years when the way they treated me, obviously me being the youngest, they bullied me a lot. Uh-huh. So I got the, the rough end on, on that part. But also um, being around my, my brother, he's always uh, he was the older, older one. So he took me around all his um high school buddies and they would come over to the house and I would always be with them. Did your brother, was your brother a little hard on you or? Yeah. Yeah. Cause his brother's like the nicest guy I've ever met in my life. Such a nice guy. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you've seen a different side to him. (laughs) Yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, he kind of has a little, uh, anger problem. So sometimes we would take it on each other. You know, Chris, (laughs) that's on the podcast. Uh Exposed my guy. Exposed anger problems. (laughs) He's at games just yelling at him. (laughs) What the? No, but, um, no, he's obviously impacted my life a lot. Um, growing up, I seen him go through high school and college while I was still in middle school, seeing his work ethic and seeing how he went about baseball. He's the one who actually introduced me to the gym and introduced me to like just baseball, baseball, uh, you know, uh, language. And then my sister was kind of like the the middle ground, kind of like uh, I'm able to like, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, talk to girls a little bit more easier because of because of my sister. And um, I, uh, she's the one that got me into like my childhood, like, you know, the Hannah Montana, like Victoria's Secret. The, the pop culture stuff. side of things. The pop to- nice. culture, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And my brother was more the one that installed like the Nickelback, the you know, <laughs> the Drake and Josh. <laughs> yeah, so all that and just getting those both coaches. So I kind of grew up like a '90s baby because of them, because I they were around it. Cool. And even though I'm a 2000s kid, people look down uh, down on. Yeah, that's crazy. Thing. I still Gen grew Z? up on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I still grew up around them, and they still kind of insulted in me too. So it was awesome having them there. Dude, 90, yeah, yeah, that's, 
Dude, 90s babies are the best, man. You exactly. were born in what, 01? No, 2000. 2000. So yeah, right there. Dang. But Y2K. still considered a 2000s kid, so yeah. still take the, the, the backlash on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> rightfully so. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly. uh, so mom and dad. So your dad, that's awesome. I didn't know that he, when your dad got here is when he kind of started finding the passion and love for ball. <clears throat> and I guess along the way through those years, he learned how to throw your batting practice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Uh, he had the biggest role in installing, like, the baseball work ethic in me because he fell in love with it so much that even days when I didn't want to go practice, he would make me because cool. he felt that it was his duty to, like, install it in me because it's just there was no, like, oh, we can take a day off here or, oh, you know, just because I'm sick, like, we can take off a day off here. But, no, it was, like, every day, like, going at it every single day no matter what. And... Before I used to, like, um, it was kind of to a point where I almost wanted to like just give up on baseball. I think I was like eight, nine years old, man. Yeah, soft. Like, this, you know, yeah, yeah real soft, soft. But dude, then grow up, grow up. <laughs> yeah, dude. exactly. Gosh. But as you realize that, you start to become a little bit better, and you start to get a little taste of that. And be like, okay, maybe, maybe my dad is right, you know. And to this day, I probably won't admit it to him, but like. You know he's right, <laughs> yeah. And he installed that that work ethic in me, and um, yeah. I mean, days. I remember days where I would pretend to throw up in the restroom. <laughs> no way. I, I I pretended to throw up in the restroom because I don't want to go to practice. Alex w wasn't playing hooky from school. <laughs> no, he's but he's playing hooky from going to the cages. Going to the cages. Yeah. yeah. It's a wild thing to think too. Yeah. I, so I, I literally like threw up once in the restroom. I like you know ate like something, and just. I was like, Dad, I'm throwing up. I'm, th I'm throwing up. I can't go to practice. <laughs> and he was all right. Get get done throwing up, and we'll we'll be out in five minutes. I was like, Dang it! It didn't work. <laughs> says, you know, it's little things like that that I can, you know, I can push through. Like nothing, like really matters. Get the work done. You know, he yeah. taught me that, and I think his work ethic. Um, growing up, I seen him wake up every day. Like he was uh, working from five to five growing up. For I think until I was 16, 17. Damn. So seeing that every day really installed that work ethic in me. And like uh, me waking up at 5 or 6 a.m., I was like, okay, like it's not a big problem because I've seen it, you know, I yeah. can do it. And obviously my brother did it too. So having those two figures right there, it was big on, um, on my part. And when you're younger, you don't really realize it, but now being at my age, I can go back and realize it. Man, uh, I'm I'm a lot more I'm I'm a lot of I'm around a lot more guys that kind of complain. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like why are they complaining for you know? Yeah. But then you start from, to realize they're probably from the west side of Houston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so taking that sociology class maybe like realize a little bit more things about you know different cultures and yeah, you start looking at people yeah, differently or understanding. Why, yeah. So yeah. Uh, start seeing that different part of uh, perspectives of different people, uh -huh. and I was like, okay. I, I so I would reflect back on my part and be like, okay, yeah. Um, I grew up around really good parents, and yeah. I, I thank them for that every single every single day. I mean, so, so you're, what you're saying is, in high school, what time would you work out at? Freshman year, it was six a.m.s. Six a.m.s because I went to so my freshman year of high school, I went to St. Pius, uh, I went to St. Pius High School, which is a private school, and. My mom, she couldn't take me to school or my dad because they had both had to wake up in the morning to to um go to, to 
to go to work. So I would drive illegally <laughs> on the back streets because <laughs> they just gave me, they got me a car and I would drive illegally in the back streets and just, um, no way. Yeah. No, I couldn't get a parking ticket cause I don't have a license. No or hardship. No, nothing. Just yeah. Nothing. Just like, all right. You got to get there. You're going to find a way. So they gave me a license. I learned how to drive and yeah, I was on the back roads. I wouldn't get on the freeway. Yeah. I didn't get on the freeway for two years. Cause I was, I was too scared. And I, I mean, obviously, I mean, 14, 15, I mean, I think I started driving like at 15 years old, 14 years old. Yeah. So, and then I would drive to my own 6am workouts at freshman year and sophomore year and then junior year and senior year. That's when I started going to, to yours, to Gabe's. Yeah. And Which was so it's kind of installed. Yeah. Yeah. That was 6am too. I was so. just wondering, cause like. That's crazy that you're up at 6 a.m. I knew some guys that wouldn't work out in high school before 10 a.m. Well, yeah. I know. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's probably a West Side Houston thing. That's Right? You know. Tucker yeah. in high school would not, <laughs> for the life, work out before 10 a.m. Like, just, yeah. he's like, I refuse. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, it's crazy that you're up at 6 a.m. in high school working out as a as a 14-year-old. Badass. Two, yeah. dude, my mind is blown right now that you are driving a car from, yeah. were you in the Heights at the time? I was, yeah, I lived in right the off summer. Yeah, um, like Houston Avenue, like and Montrose. driving a Pius. 15 minutes, maybe? Yeah, 15 minutes on the back road. 6 a.m., it's kind of, it's dark, too, so I was in a little back road, too, so oh not as traffic but... It was, you know, still scared a little bit. Dude, um, that's obviously. I drove two years without a license as well, but <laughs> I was a junior and senior. So okay, yeah, so we're of age, yeah. which is still crazy to drive without a license, yeah. period. But <laughs> I do it all the time. 14 years old, parents aren't around because they're going to work. Yeah. You got to get to work practically, right? Practically, yeah. And it's like, hey, you know, and it. I think it's awesome. I mean, obviously illegal. I don't care that it's illegal. <laughs> I think it's incredible that your parents are like, "Hey, here's, get it done." I can't yeah. get you here, but yeah. here's here's something to get you there, and you take it over. You're like, you, <laughs> it's in your hands. But to go further than that, which speaks, you know, about his personality. If he was just an absolute idiot and wouldn't pay attention, there's no way his parents are giving him a car right. and saying, "Hey, go here." I mean. His parents obviously trust him a lot, so I mean, it goes to show yeah, a lot about his character. You got a good head on your shoulders yeah. for sure. I think I know a lot of kids that if they were given a at car 14, at fourteen, like, <laughs> if I was given a car at fourteen, I'd go bananas. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to six a.m.s. You know? No, we're, yeah, we're going to six p.m. happy hours for yeah, sure, though. Yeah, um, and to me, it was kind of like normal to me. Um, you know, waking up at, at five a.m., getting up, I saw my dad do it every day, so. No it was kind of just uh, another thing that that happened in my family, norm, and obviously, yeah. see my brother. He went to Texas Southern, which if you guys don't know about that, I mean they run run a lot. Yeah, track I mean, team. yeah, he went through. He was there for I think three years at Texas Southern, and the way they they run a lot, they run a lot. So he told me about that all the time, and um, I didn't know that about them. Yeah, yeah, it's so. like military. <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, mili it's, it's like military. It's Man. like military, yeah. And he told me about that. And obviously, I mean, just seeing that, you don't really know much growing up. So you kind of you kind of just think it's normal. So um, 
yeah, he seeing that him running a lot, kind of he he would push me in summer workouts when he wasn't with Texas, and he would wake me up in the morning too and take me with him. Obviously, I don't want to, but uh, them being around really pushed me yeah. a lot, without a doubt. I think <laughs> I think transitioning, you know, giving a little a little uh, inside scoop on your on your childhood, your background, your family. Uh, I think it's a good place to pivot to who. Who do you give credit to to being uh, the biggest mentor in your life or your mentors? And I have a feeling that it's within family. Yeah. Um, after talking about your dad, after talking about your brother, uh, who has had the biggest impact on you? Uh, who do you give credit to to becoming Alex Lopez and everything that's attributed to that, right? Your work ethic, uh, your passion for baseball, uh, going about business the way that you do. Yeah. So obviously, um, growing up, the only knowledge we had in baseball was my dad, who didn't have much at all, mm-hmm. and my brother, who was kind of like a rough draft to like baseball. And yeah. So growing up, it was all hard work that I went through. Kind of would just, my dad would just put me in the back of the cage and throw me baseballs. No, no type of focus, just hacks, 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 hacks go to the park, ground balls, ground balls, ground balls, no focus at all, nothing, just reps, 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 reps. With the, with, with the mindset of hitting the ball hard and on the sweet spot, yeah. we're not talking hands, we're not talking yeah. about low, we're yeah. just yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. Just, just straight. Do it. A to B, hit it hard, yeah. field the ball, get it to first. That's it. That's yeah. it. Simplify. Yeah. yeah, simplify just that. Like literally just reps and obviously throwing the, the natural dad statements you know, get down, you know, hit the ball, yeah, hit in yeah. the barrel, you know, yeah. just those natural, uh, uh, <laughs> soundboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those, but when I really started to develop as a baseball player was obviously when I, when I met Gabe, which people don't know, but I get, I met Gabe through Little League and, mm-hmm. and he was there, I think what you were in high school when I, when I met you. How old are you right now? 23. Yeah, when you were, yeah. uh, I was no, I was a freshman at San Jack when you were thirteen. That's okay. when I met you. When you were, I met you when you were either twelve or thirteen. Yeah. So I mean, that's when I met Gabe, and I don't know where. I mean, Gabe kind of just comes in my life, and he reaches out and just says, "Hey, like, come work out at my gym." And me not knowing anything about him, like, well, I mean, I already go to LA Fitness. Like, what I need your gym. You know, like I already hit it here. Like, why do I need your gym? Uh, and he kind of backtrack here. <laughs> when I met this kid, he hadn't thrown a ball in two months. Oh, that's right. That's right. So um, hadn't thrown a baseball. Hadn't thrown a baseball. His shoulder was killing him the okay. whole time. So, okay. like I said, yeah, the knowledge with my brother and my dad it wasn't all there with with lifting and you know baseball. It was strictly just lift baseball, uh, lift hit um, field. You know, run up a hill, whatever. Just, you know, just grinding it out with, with what we know. But it was until I met Gabe that... So with that with that happening, I, I came out with an injury because I was just lifting straight, you know, bench, uh, body-building workouts. Straight shoulder press. <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, yeah. which kind of... Uh, it did build my chest. It did. Now, it to helped not, him you know, out a lot. <laughs> to yeah. not devalue my brother. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the foundation. No, without a doubt. He's yeah. already strong when I met him. It was more <laughs> of like, let's lose some baby fat. Let's get some flexibility and yeah more importantly like let's get you throwing a baseball again yeah Yeah. 
less, basically become yeah, a baseball player. Less pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always exactly. So it wasn't until I met Gabe that, uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't throw a, a baseball for like two, three months, and I didn't know where to go. Like, like where do I go from here? Like, yeah, I was, uh, I didn't like go to the doctor growing up or anything like that. So my dad said, just wait it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just what else wait, do you do? You know, we're just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if anything, time will heal. Yeah, exactly. and then can I when I talked to him, I was like, "So did you get an MRI? No. So did you go to PT? No. So did you go to a doctor? No." I'm like, hmm, "Okay, that's a weird approach." But is it any yeah. better? No. <laughs> you got any better? No. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, literally no um, knowledge on what to do. Just kind of waiting out and kept hitting. Uh, just couldn't throw because I physically physically couldn't throw. I still pushed through the pain while it was kind of just sore. But I kind of just pushed through it because that's all of uh, that's all I kind of knew, and then finally I kind of I, I met Gabe and I was going to my I think it was my eighth grade year going mm-hmm. into my freshman year is that I'm, when I met Gabe and he took me through a workout and that's when I really understood like okay I need to you know focus up a little bit more on this like if I really want to play this sport like I uh, I got the natural abilities you know natural yeah. natural hitting abilities. Which still, I mean, still didn't know anything about. I just knew how to swing hard, and that was it. And like, very that's raw. it. Yeah, very, very raw. <laughs> when I met him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, so that foundation of like hard work, yeah, that came it helped me in the, in the long, like when I was little. But the the game of baseball, you get to a certain point where that doesn't work, and yeah. you need that mentorship that I got from Gabe, and you need the the baseball mentorship, the the arm, the, you know, the arm. Wait, we are, have. We, are we? Is Gabe our mentor? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Gabe. Dude, yeah. Shout out Gabe. Yeah. This guy shouted out the <laughs> Blueprint Pod on accident twice, and our first episode <laughs> guest. This guy's his mentor. Like I said, <laughs> I don't I've know been, if we're I've, doing something right or if this kid's just. I've been know. on. I've been in five weddings. You know, going to be in ten. All my athletes. So yeah, I take pride in that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Sorry, yeah, exactly. that was a monumental moment right there. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, Gabe's been my, my mentor since I was like 12, 13 years old, and like I said, he kind of just reached out of nowhere, and me, I don't know uh, where, where he came from, just kind of just showed up in my life out of it's nowhere. Crazy how it just happens, right? How it just happened, right? Yeah. Just yeah. I kind of always had that luck in my life too, where just I don't, I don't like thinking it's luck, but. I'm I'm more I'm really like religious too, so yeah. Um, I really mm-hmm. think it's it's God yeah, showing me the pathway, yeah. just putting people in my life, you know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah kind of just showed up in my life, and that's where I kind of found my foundation for, in general, just just baseball and kind of getting my mentality with hitting, with fielding, with going how going about how I work out, and kind of just creating a routine for myself. Yeah. And that's when I really started my, my self-improvement self-development development um journey and in, in high school was with when i met gabe yeah yeah i mean kind of just uh i mean we could obviously talk about we have some really good stories we have some really <laughs> funny stories <laughs> some bad stories uh naturally overall, like oh, a with, lot of with good the amount stories. of time you spent together <laughs> yeah. right there there's gotta be alex has seen me blow many gaskets <laughs> he's seen me <laughs> Snap a bat on my knee. 
He's seen me <laughs> cuss out Gerardo plenty of times. Shout out, Gerardo. Shout out, G. But I think what makes Alex so unique is like I can talk to him incredibly sturdy, and he knows it, there's a difference. Gerardo's better now. Let me just put that out there. But I have Gerardo and I have Alex in front of me. I can speak to Alex incredibly stern. Mm-hmm. And he will not get offended because he knows that everything I that comes out of my mouth is to benefit him. Yeah, yeah, it's for the greater good. We're not here to bash, to bash. It's here Ver- to, yeah. to, exactly, yeah. to get the best out Versus of Versus you yeah. get another kid that doesn't have that mindset. Gerard is also younger, right? He's younger, Let's make yeah. Note of that, and he's right? got, There's he's a maturity gotten so thing much here better. for sure. Like, Gerard would tell Alex, like, dude, like Gabe's always like yelling at me. Like, da-da-da. and Alex is like, because you just don't shut the bleep up and listen. <laughs> just oh, shut man. up and say, yes, sir. Poor Gerard. Like, that's why <laughs> no matter where he's gone, he, whether he has a great coach, whether he has a bad coach, whether he stays even keel. Right. And I think that's why I've been able to work with him for so long because he, he's lived at, at the house before. He's lived yeah. at the gym. And we're strict. Like, you got to read a book. You got to visualize. You got to do your affirmations. Like, we like to hold him accountable. And he's always stepped up to the plate and kind of to, you know, to give him credit. Like, he's been doing that for a long time. Yeah, he's taking it to heart. Yeah, he's taking it yeah. to heart. And, he, and he's worked incredibly hard. And uh, I remember he comes out of McLennan and we're looking for a school. And Alex, you know, sometimes isn't as vocal as he needs to be about what he wants. <laughs> so we're in the car. <coughs> And I was like, well, where do you want to go? And he was talking to Lamar, maybe Texas State. Lamar, I was talking to Lamar and UTA. UTA. I think I, I had reached out to other schools, but they had just said, and we don't need anybody right now. We're yeah. in the car. I think we're headed to go run, maybe. I'm not sure. And I was like, where do you want to go? He's like, oh, you know. I was like, would you go to U of H? He's like, oh, yeah, like that's like one of my top schools. Like I'd love to go there. <laughs> Dude, it's in the back. It's in our backyard. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, we're over here struggling. Like, give me, give me a second. It's literally, literally call the university rec- of our city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally call Hometown. their recruiting coordinator in the car while he's in the car. Yeah. I was like, got a guy. Da 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 da. He's like, cool. Give me his number. I'll call him right now. Calls him while we're in the car, <laughs> and then Alex is a Cougar the next week. So, yeah, I think. I would call any school for a guy like Alex. Yeah. I think what kids need to realize is Alex isn't giving me a single reason not to call somebody right. for him. And I and I I I've told these kids plenty of times if you and don't this take and then obviously the skills there. This the is why we're in this position. Yeah. That's why we're in this position. But more importantly, it's it's the character, it's yeah, the traits it's that come with Alex Lopez that give you confidence exactly. to be like, dude, I'll call anybody. Because if someone no calls me and they ask for my honest opinion, I'm going to give them my honest opinion. Yeah. And there's athletes in my gym. I'm not going to name any names. But when people call me, I am very serious and blunt about yeah. what they say. And sometimes it's not pretty. Yeah. Because that coach is going to call me another time about another kid. And if I lied to him about some kid's character, he's never going to trust me again. Yeah. And now Johnny is going to miss out on an opportunity to go to university wherever I have a connection. Yeah. 
just because and it's I an lied. extension of you. Yeah, exactly. So Alex has made us proud in many levels. Yeah, you know, high school. We have some funny stories in high school. Um, yeah, we'll wait for your college. Career to be over for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been easy, to say the least, to mentor him. Very, very easy. Good. Hey, good awesome. job, Alex. That's yeah, great, appreciate that. Great job. Podcast <laughs> not over, but great job. Um, <laughs> Wrap it up. I guess uh, a follow-up question with that is, is there any advice or any quotes um, or a verse, something uh, that has stuck with you and that you kind of carry with you that's kind of like an everyday reminder for you uh, or a piece of advice that you kind of replay in your head or it could be anything like a like a Pete Rose sea ball hit ball kind of deal, as simple as that. Is, yeah. is there something that you tell yourself every day uh, that has helped you propel you to where you are now i think there's i mean i feel like there's a lot of things i could say but i'm a guy that doesn't really overthink a lot of things so i like i mean i'd like to just say is just work hard you know like if i i think i I wake up in the morning and just i self-evaluate myself a lot Mm -hmm. and i spend myself i spend a lot of time in my brain just evaluating myself um i mean going back to Freshman year, I mean, I struggled a lot because when I was when I was struggling a lot uh, to hit in my my freshman year, or, yeah, freshman sophomore year, I struggled a lot to hit, and that's the time where I go back to and I'm like, man, like, what do I, what do I do, you know? So that's when I, I you know I talk to Gabe and stuff, and I have to buy into that stuff. So I think I self evaluate my evaluate myself a lot, and think to like my problems and how do I improve myself. So it's kind of, I don't really like blaming anybody else because I've never seen anybody in my life do that. You yeah. know, I don't see my brother complaining. Like, I don't see my dad complaining yeah. about his job. I don't see my mom complaining about her job. They're always, they've always just got the job done. Yeah. And your responsibilities. Got the job. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of set that foundation for me. And I've always figured out a way to to get the job done for myself and if I feel like if you know a lot of people kind of went uh went about that way, it's just kind of like, how do I self improve myself to be become a better person? I think it would help a lot of people. Um, you talk about quotes. I don't really have well, I don't really have a lot. Yeah, of quotes, no, you don't have but, to have um, anything. Like I, mm-hmm. I just I always find it interesting if there's yeah. something that just kind of and if that's what it works for you, yeah. right? That's why I ask the question. If like if that's your thing, work hard. Yeah, and you gave. Uh, you get context with it, right? And so that's everything that comes with those two words, right? Work hard. And it reminds you your dad, your mom, your brother, and everything that they do and how they go about business. That's what those two words mean to you. Dude, that's a perfect answer. Like, that's that's awesome. Um, It's as simple as that. And I love how you said, like, you're not an overthinker. You're simple-minded. I mean, I've, without you saying that, I know that just from hearing your dad flip you balls and roll you ground balls with no no other meat to it it's just like yeah let's, it's literally let's just go. pick it up and throw it over that's yeah. it that's the yeah. job right um yeah and no. if you sim- i mean you simplify a lot of things too i think if people in this world kind of simplified what their job is it'd come with a lot less problems mm-hmm. yeah. like in baseball i mean if we want to talk about baseball like a lot of people like to over over like 
Over complicate like things. the swing or yeah. like foot in a ground ball or catch it a pop fly. Yeah. When the sim- simplicity of it is just hit the ball, you know, like I remember in high school when I thought baseball was hard and I was just like, okay, like I'm just going to tell myself baseball is easy. And I told myself for a good while, I just said, I just woke up and said, baseball is easy. Baseball is easy. Baseball is easy. And I kind of just got that inside of my head. It's baseball is easy. You like made yourself believe it. I made myself believe it. And it was kind of made it simplified where it was just see ball, hit ball. And a lot of people don't understand what that means, but it's kind of just finding that flow state of just see ball, hit ball, and just go with the flow, you know? And and I was talking to Gabe about this earlier about um, Danzy Swanson. He said um, the game of baseball is just who can be level-headed the most. Obviously, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. There's going to be ups and downs, you know, from a bat to a bat, from pitch to pitch, from game to game, from week to week. There's going to be ups and downs because it's baseball. And who can stay level-headed the most be consistent and, you know, grow a little bit and a little bit, a little Gradually, bit. Yeah. Yeah, don't, I, don't get too low on – don't get too low on the lows. Yeah. And and don't get too high on the highs, right. right? Like enjoy enjoy the wins, enjoy the success. And on the other side, when there is failure, when there is, you know, bad mojo, don't sink into it too much, right? Exactly. Like there 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 is optimism. Yeah. There there are ups after this. Yeah, yeah, I got a funny story about Al. He was <laughs> Al when he he overcomplicates things. Everyone does. Right. And he sends me these messages that are, you know, this big. <laughs> and uh, I never read them. So he calls me one day. He's like, oh, da, da, da. I was like, oh, well, what do oh, you Gabe feel? didn't open a link. Big no, no, shock. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Not just, he's texting me what's going wrong with his swing. And he's texting me like in depth. And I'm like, I look at him like, I'm not looking at this. Yeah. Not because of that, because of the following. So he calls me and he's like, we're going over some stuff. He's like, well, I, like, you know, I told you what I was feeling. I was like, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. Anytime you're struggling, you send me a massive text. I don't read it. He's like, you don't read it? Like, <laughs> no, I don't read it. He's like, why? I'm like, because, Alex, you're such a good hitter. <laughs> I don't need to read a text to know what's going on. <laughs> it's timing. It's rhythm. Or it's in your head. Yeah. That you don't have a faulty, you don't have yeah, something. Your swing yeah, great. your like, swing path is great. So many yeah. people are but so prone to be like, "Oh, it's my swing. What am I doing here?" It's, it's just, like, nah, it's it's not just right. so funny that he's like, "You don't read my messages." No, <laughs> I don't have to. Yeah. And he was like, "Dang, that makes a lot of sense." I was like, "Yeah, dude. Like, I don't read anything that you send me because I know yeah. that everything is in your head. All that time gave, wasted, man. Yeah. Gave me a mentor. It was just like he doesn't listen. It to shocked me, me you know. Because I look up to him and I'm like, wait, you didn't read that? You're ignoring me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not because, you know, I don't want to read it. It's because I know that he's just in his head. Yeah. And like when we're going to talk, I'm just going to help him focus on simplifying stuff again, too. Right. And so, yeah, anytime Alex is struggling, he sends me a text. I'm just like, I'm just going to wait for him to call me and then tell him that, you know, (laughs) <laughs> that's folks on time and rhythm dude that's so good that's funny uh, yeah no i think uh i think my i had one question where it was going to talk about who ha- taught you how to hit i think we kind of got into yeah. that with your dad a little bit but but going even further into that and i think it's a good time to transition into um 
talking about Alex as a hitter today and, yeah. and the hitting culture today and Alex's uh, approach and mentality since we're kind of on that topic now. But I think the hitting culture today is so wrapped up in the long ball that we, we've become okay with strikeouts. For sure. Um, as long as power numbers go up, strikeouts yeah. will come up too, yeah. but, but we're getting production with the extra base hit side. Um, but I think the really awesome thing about you as a hitter uh, and how consistent it's been is even though Alex has been an extra base hit guy, high average guy, high on base average guy, he's got more walks than strikeouts. In the last three years of college baseball. And, and he's playing at, you know, Big 12 level, you know, Division One level against great competition, uh, a great against uh, against great arms, right? So I think uh, I think we we wanted to sit down and pick your mind, and and yeah. and I know you said like we're we're simple thinking, right? It's yeah. see ball, hit ball, um, but I think maybe I guess my initial question is maybe talking about practice. Like yeah. What, okay. Like what what's your routine going into the cage or going into an on field BP? or just solo training by yourself, right? Uh, What what is it that you're working on off the field by yourself? Yeah. So it used to be just going in the cages and taking a lot of reps, right? Yeah. But before that, I didn't really know, have a foundation for my hitting. And it was until I met Gabe and he introduced me to um, Rudy Jaramillo, which is... Go. One of the greatest, yeah, he, the greatest for sure, the greatest hitting coach ever. And he talks about the five, five absolutes of, of hitting. And that's, what's really set my foundation for hitting. And I think going back to um, the high school, I mean, be, just being a natural player, just obviously the, the hard work. Yeah. You can work as hard as you can growing up, but if you don't have like the mentality for baseball, cause obviously baseball is a yeah. mentality, um, mentality, uh, sport. Um, you got to have that that hitting mentality of where you got to simplify stuff. But mm-hmm. that simplicity doesn't come with without learning about the whole swing first. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I started learning about my swing junior year of high school when I really started to buy into Rudy Jaramillo and talking about the five absolutes of, of hitting. And you talk, you asked me about what I do in the cages is – I go through my five-step routine, which is my balance, rhythm, separation, squareness, and my, my weight shift, which is this, that's really all I go through. And those are the five Absolutes. pillars. And yeah. usually when Al is going wrong, one of those is shifted a little bit. Yeah. So when you simplify things like he does, it makes it easy to get out of a rut because we just look at those five things. Because, again, he doesn't have a – he has a good swing path, et cetera. But, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, before, it was just kind of going there and swinging. But then I started to find those five absolutes and really really uh, study those. And that helped me uh, a lot. I mean, Rudy told me in the cages it should be um, those five steps. And in, in the game, it should just be simplified. It should just um, balance and rhythm. Or yeah. Rhythm and timing. And a lot of people tend to go to mechanics after the game or they tend to go to, you know, they, they, they strictly just go to uh, mechanics. Yeah. And it's it just messes up, messes up a lot of, of players and they go to their feelings, to their feels of what they felt that 
that game. And I just don't think they should be going to that. They should be going to the the five absolutes, which is which is um those rhythm, I mean balance, rhythm, uh, separation, squareness, and and your weight shift. And when you can find your foundation for hitting, it's easier to go back to it. Just like uh, just like when you learn um algebra, you got to first learn how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide, right? So you first you got to learn how to how your swing works. And if you can learn how your swing works, you can start to learn, you can start to feel the little mistakes that the major leagues, you know, they feel. Like the difference between me and um, major league guys is they make adjustments pitch to pitch, like to the exact what they need to do. But me, I'm still, obviously me is a college D1 guy. Um, had plenty of uh, college D1 at-bats. I'm still learning. And mm -hmm. it's just the level that they're at that they, they're able to adjust because they go back to their foundation that they've built um, growing up. And I'm still obviously um, building my foundation, but I think I've had a pretty good foundation. And in the cages, it's more focused work, and it's not just going in and getting my reps in that I used to be. Mm -hmm. it's Alex used to be a big 200 swing guy. guy. Yeah, big, yeah. big. And uh, that's that was really what... I think that just created bad habits for me because yeah. I was just doing too much. I was my body was being tired, started taking lazy swings, and that just wasn't working for yeah, me. Your yeah, your first your first fifty swings are killer. Yeah, and then your last one fifty are just mediocre. But that that's what you ended on, right? Yeah, that, that's what you grooved and most most of the time. I think like when Alex is in the cage, like we've gotten a good habit of set the tee up. Like we don't have to hit ten in each position. Once you get that feel grasp it repeat the feeling move on so we went from you know him going and just 200 at bats like i mean 200 swings to now it's like 50 and but it's all feel let me get my feel let me keep going now there's something we need to work on we can spend a little bit more time but kind of what I, I wanted to ask you al is first of all his head coach actually said one thing that kind of put in perspective why I think he has more walks than K's. He said, his head coach told me at Lamar University, at Lamar High School, he said, I trust Alex's eye more than the umpire's eye. <laughs> and that kind of just set in, but uh, tell us why you are able mechanically and mentally, why you are able to take pitches, get walks, and not strike out. Because there's a physical part to that, but there's also a mental part. So if you can briefly go through the physical part and then mental part, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. I think it definitely starts with the mental part because mm -hmm. obviously the mentality kind of changes. I mean, baseball is a mental sport, but the mentality into my hitting is see ball, hit ball. But I've created that through my foundation. And I think if you aim small, you miss small. So... Another thing I learned from Rudy is the seven balls over the plate. Instead of thinking all of all those seven trying to cover the whole plate, just try to cover the middle three instead of covering everything. So that's what um, you look at the pitcher and you focus on those three balls instead of everything else. And you kind of aim small and miss, miss small with, with your yeah. mentality there. And obviously, you're able to see the ball a lot better when you're on time. And if you're late, you can't 
you know, it's gonna, you're gonna speed up yourself and you're not gonna be able to see the ball. So it always goes back down to your foundation, those, those five foundations of, of hitting. And for me, it was also visualizing, being able to be comfortable and not have so much anxiety during the game, be able, mm-hmm. being able to slow down my breaths during the game and just being in control of that, of that moment, of being in, in the moment and slowing down the moment and just having like a, a steady heart rate where you don't, you know, tense up because tense is bad in baseball it's when you're doing anything. So I think if you can find that, that flow state for your swing where you're not thinking too much or you're not, um, you know, have a big strike zone, you kind of, you kind of make the strike zone smaller then you're able to focus on little, little things and you, you see those misses and you can't, you can't gain that if you don't have, if you, if you don't focus on it. So in the cages also, you're only swinging at strikes. And I used, my brother used to get mad at me, mad at me about that all the time. Like I would, you know, my dad oh, would yeah. throw one in the dirt. Throwing BP to Alex yeah. is just like not even fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad would throw one in the dirt. I'm swinging. My dad would throw one over my head. I'm swinging. And I didn't get that. Um, my brother was screaming at me, hey, like, what are you doing? Swing at strikes only. So I was obviously getting that installed, but that didn't start happening till he like actually kind of explained it to me. I was like, hey, like if you swing at it now, you're gonna swing at it in the game. Yeah. So the way you practice is how you play. So if you're in the cage just doing taking as many swings as you can with no focus, then it's not gonna work out. If you're focused on the wrong things, it's not gonna work out. I mean, you gotta focus on the strike zone because before you can do anything, you gotta do it, get a, a good pitch to hit. And that's my biggest belief, too, is if I can see the ball well and I can get there on time, then it gives me a better chance of hitting. Because obviously, if I get there on time, if I get there on time and I also get there a good, good pitch, I'm still going to get out if I, you know, I'm so, I still can get out because it's just baseball. Yeah. So I can have, like, the worst timing, get a bad pitch, and get good results because it's just baseball. So that's what I also think back to is that, Baseball is a game, and you got to simplify it. And at the end of the day, if you can, like, go back to that to that kid and be like, okay, baseball is just a game. It's, it's like there's going to be another rep, you know? And it's just that's what's kind of helped me simplify things is that when things go bad, I'm like, okay, like, baseball is hard. Mm-hmm. And you got to focus on your, your mental side and your hitting side. And I mean, I mean, you got to focus on everything. But um, if you, you can find that foundation for your hitting, for your mental side, and for fielding, which has helped me. Fielding's I've gotten big in my last four years because I just became an infielder too, and that's been big. And I've started focusing on that, and I've became a lot better infielder now. And yeah, if you can find your, your focal points and really focus on those, then yeah. it'll help you a lot in baseball. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I granted I was never at least in the college level, is not a, a great hitter. But as a, as a coach right now, I don't get into swing path with kids. Um, you know, it, it's especially with the time that you have with them, it's really hard to, to teach swing path and feeling connected here and there. But what I think you can control, which you hit, is timing, right? Yeah. And hitting yeah. is timing. Timing, that's all it's Right? About, Your swing you know. path can be whatever. But if you're not ready to hit, you're not hitting the ball, right? Yeah. So I love that you said that. Um, I think a follow-up question into uh, 
and to how you go about your business and your mindset and your men mental game at the plate, dividing, splitting up practice and game, right? Because practice, yeah. you're taking reps, you're working on specific stuff, you know, depending on what drill you're doing or depending on the day and, and how you feel or what you need to work on. But when it comes into to game mode, right? And, and we're playing, it's play ball. Can you shut off all that practice mode and just be like, all right, I'm up here to hit? Because I've heard it a billion times from coaches. It's like, hey, it's time to play. We're done thinking. Just go up there and hit. And for me, it was really hard to divide that. Yeah. It was really hard for yeah. me to, to, to be like, and practice working on being inside the baseball, right? Um, or driving the ball up the middle. When I went up to the play, like I carried a lot of that over to the game, and I think it did hurt me a lot because I all I did was overthink. Yeah. So, are you able to shut off practice mode and then go into game reps and and be clear minded? I think now I've done a better job of it, but back in the day I was really really bad at it, and it's definitely a learned skill that you have to develop, and you develop that by visualizing. And kind of just understanding, you kind of have to break down the situation. Like, hey, like, why am I overthinking? You know, why, why am I, why am I, why do I have so many heads right now? And it's just, you got to like break that down. You got to understand why the, what the problem is first. And like I said, I mean, I self-evaluate every day. Like, am I overthinking today? Like, you got to think back to, like who are you as a hitter or who are you as a baseball player and what your job is for the day. So I think if you can separate your task for the day and go into that um, with, with good intent, like my task for there's my, there's, I have different tasks for each game. Like some, some, like some games I'm like spinning off. So on the next task I'm all right, all right, let's just, you know, uh, get there a little bit earlier and let, let the ball travel a little bit. It's just having that um, mentality where, okay, it's it's baseball. You're going to have to adjust. You're going to have to, uh, even though you're there perfectly, it's, stuff can go bad too. So having that, that level head where, having that level headed where, level head where you can just go both ways and not go too far up or too, too far down. Um, it just comes with with um, your work ethic. I think it comes with um, installing that. Um, it comes with installing like um, with all your practices. I, I get my confidence from from my from my practice. You know, from right. my you, work you ethic. You do you you put in the preparation. If anything, you over prepare. Yeah. When it comes to game time, it's like all I can do is have trust and confidence. Yeah. Like, I'm ready for this at bat. Yeah. I think and it truly, lets you release all that practice mode stuff. Being like, all right. Let's go. Now yeah. it's really time to put everything. Yeah. Now this is real. Yeah, right? I think I think if you could you can take control of what you can control off the field, everything you gotta understand that everything on the field is just gonna happen. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think baseball is such a chaotic sport. You have a lot of ups. You have a lot of downs. Yeah. I think if you can simplify the mental game off the field, it'll help you once you get on the field. Uh, and I think Alex does a really good job of that. He knows what he needs to do in the cage. He has got his routine. And then from there, he goes, you know, knows what he has to do mentally every night. Um, but this stuff, like he said, it's a learned thing, guys. Like, 
it's not just, you know, Alex has a natural swing path, but he didn't have that mentality. He had to develop it. And so I think we get confused. It's like, oh, that's natural ability. Yeah, but the mental side, no one's just born with a Hall of Fame mindset. You have to develop it. You have to groom it. Um, Before we move on here, Al, cameras cameras rolling? It might be. I got to check. Let's keep going. Um, For the kids out there, very simple. Keep it very, very simple. One drill to each. One drill. Is it rolling? Yeah. One drill each. To the kids that want to learn how to pull the ball with backspin, give me one drill you can get up. Show me one drill. If you were to pick one drill you needed to do for the rest of your life to be able to feel that hand out in front, backspin, what would you do? I think it's pretty simple. Um, I got explained to me by the power V. Um, what really helped me understand that was having your hands one foot out in front of your hips and get into the power V position. Power V position, which is right here, just one foot out. So if I can get to that position every single time, I know that's my power swing. So when I get my soft toss inside, constantly I'm getting to one foot away from my hip, which keeps me inside the ball, and getting to my power V, which is which is right here. Which I think a lot of people would say yeah. like extended. Yeah. Extended, yeah. yeah. Catching the ball out in front. But, but he has a good inside. Cue. His cue is where, Alex? Catching the ball out in front and keeping my hands inside the ball, out in front. Yeah. A lot of people tend to get extended and around the ball in front mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. But if your hands are one foot away from your hip, out in front, power V, then you can get if you can get there consistently to the to the inside ball, then I think that's what's made me have really good backspin to the pull side and I can pull a ball now. <laughs> so yeah. why so if you're to, it's not necessarily a drill for you, it's more of a feel. It's a it's a feel to get there consistently, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the more you do it, the more the more you yeah feel like you the can more get there, I the start more. trusting my hands yeah. to yeah. get there consistently. So I uh, that's what I work on um, basically every day. It was you know when I was doing my soft toss or even off the machine. I'm just making sure I get my hands there every, every single time. I think uh, Barry Bonds has a quote that you only swing as far as your as as far as your hand, which is why he stood up yeah. so far in front mm-hmm. of you know in the plate. Because if he couldn't get to it with his back hand, then he wasn't gonna swing. Yeah. So I think uh, that's what's helped me too. So I've scooted up a little bit more on the plate, and I'm getting just one foot away from my hip. And that's kind of simplifies hitting for me a little bit. Yeah. And just getting to my power V. If I don't get there, I know I, I was late. And if I don't get there, I know um, that that results, you know, they're not, uh, I couldn't, I could have controlled that. I could have yeah. got on there a little bit earlier. So uh, it's just something where I go back to my foundation. I'm like, okay, there's nothing to worry about. Just get there next time. Just be more uh, consistent next time. What's yeah. one drill quickly? because I know you hit backspin balls to the to the opposite field all the time. Give the kids one drill that you do consistently every day that helps you stay that way. One drill I do is could be as simple as the T on the other side, whatever yeah. you want. The T on their side is kind of tricky for a lot of people because if if it's just a T on the other side, people tend to like adjust that way. Yeah. So they kind of cheat the drill, right? 
So what I do is I do this. I do the same thing with my backhand. I, I like focus on my backhand a lot okay. because if I can reach with my backhand a lot, well, if, if I can reach with if I can reach with my backhand, then I can get to the ball. So I mean, what what I focus on is um, with if what I focus on is um, just letting the ball travel and staying on top of the ball. Um, a drill I do is a bounce drill. So okay. you choose to me first. Mm -hmm. It was a you act like you're throwing a fastball and then bounce it, and I would have to stay there and be patient and get on top of the ball. So let the ball travel to me and hit it with your backhand. If you can't reach it with your backhand, then you shouldn't really be you shouldn't be swinging at it. So let the ball get deep and reach it with the backhand. If you if you have to go forward to get the ball, then you shouldn't be swinging it. If it's too back here, then then it's gonna be foul. But like I'm telling you, the the timing has to be here, right where your backhand can reach it, and that's that's where the squareness also comes from. Is being able to stay square and not falling out in front, and you know, you know, chasing those balls up there. So yeah, yeah. So no one really talks about that nowadays. Like we want, we want here. Yeah, we want to be able to not necessarily. You know, we can talk about swing path, etc. But what Alex is telling you is the feels that you have, not just going up there. Yeah, let's work on going oppo. Just throw me a bunch of pitches oppo and yeah. a ball here. Kids are swinging at stuff here yeah. just because they don't have that feel like this arm needs to be, you know. So I, I think that that says a lot. And you know, to the viewers, can you stand up for me, Alex? Yeah. So Alex here, look at his front hip. Alex does this better than a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people, but. Go ahead and go through your load and then pause. So Alex is able to do that very good, staying squared. The second a hitter goes slightly there, pitchers are going to just dive in here, go up there, go down here. I think what's yeah. made Alex such a good hitter is his ability to stay squared. So yeah. I think that is a big key. Just because as a pitching, like if I'm with my pitching staff at Alvin, our job is to get that hitter. Our job, I tell my guys all the time, if we can just get the hitter to go there, we have won. Because we can go in here, we can go away. Now, this little hip shift, that ball away here is going to look that much further. Yeah. So I think, you know, to sum up Alex Lopez, I think he stays squared better than a lot of people. So that's yeah. why I think he had, that's why I personally think he has such good success. And if I can keep the ball, I think um, just a lot of, a lot of it comes with it. Like I try to stay connected as, as long as possible. So if, I, I'm, if I'm going out this way, I'm already disconnected. So I try to stay there as long as possible. And obviously everyone, everybody says be, you know, tight to the ball. And I'm I like to say, I like to say that too is I'm tight to the ball because I'm only swinging at stuff that's that I can reach with my backhand. Mm -hmm. And if I'm you know nice. if I'm out like this and my hands obviously are gonna go out this way. And if I'm not letting the ball travel to to where I can reach with my backhand, then I'm not gonna be successful. Yeah. So I make sure every single time that I stay there. And I'm not open up this way because then that's when I'm out this, there, yeah, out in front, and I'm letting it travel and staying tight to the ball. If I if I if I can't stay tight to the ball, tight to the ball, then I shouldn't be swinging at it right. in the first place. So if I can yeah. stay there, stay square, and be able to rotate 
uh, tightly one, uh, I mean, arms one foot away from my hip and getting my hands out in front, then that's the perfect swing to me. And if I can get there consistently, practice every time consistently, then it gives me more, a better chance at hitting the baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. A hundred percent. I think for me, like I'm not, I, I'm not that technical. So everything you're saying is like blowing my mind. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, as a, as a 13 year old coach or a kid that's, or a guy that that's coaching younger kids, um, tell me if what I'm saying is off topic, but, uh, in terms of staying tight, um, I tell my kids that I do just like a simple example is a lot of these kids will start chasing and they'll, you know, they'll Mm -hmm. throw their butt out and their, their arms get super extended, um, and they lose all power. Right. And so I do like the simple, like, all right, like getting your swing, getting your load and, and hit a ball down the middle. And so they stay tight. They still, they stay connected. And I, you know, I shove their bat. I'm like, hey, like you feel pretty strong. And then I'm like, all right, now bend over, stick your butt out, throw your arms out of, in front of you. And I push your bat. And I'm like, you see the difference of how weak you are compared to that? Why swing at a ball whenever you have to do that? When obviously timing goes into picking your right pitches, you yeah. see better balls, you, you, your pitch selection goes up whenever your foot's down ready to hit. But staying connected is part of that too, right? When you're on time and ready to hit and you're swinging at good pitches, you give yourself a better chance to be tight, to be connected, right? Exactly. And so Alex broke it down and I think a more advanced way of thinking and obviously what helps Alex, uh, what helps him the best and what helps his mind and, and everything stay connected. Um, but along the t- I give a way more simple dummy down version yeah. of that to the kids and just like a show and tell version of just like, hey, this is bad because mm-hmm. you're not connected. Everything happens, even throwing a baseball, right? When you stay within the core of your body and exactly. you stay tight, right? If you look at freeze frames of Aroldis Chapman pitching and all the all the flamethrowers, right? Before they, they get to the release point, everything starts in their core. Everything is close to their body. You never see a guy throwing 100 like this, right? Going away from the body. Everything stays tight, 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 tight. And then it releases out, right? And yeah. so I think hitting and we've, you know, hitting and throwing, yeah. you know, it all ties together, in. right? Um, yeah. A good you example stay of that. inside of a door hinge. Yes. Yeah. yes. And whatever you do, when you right. go to rotate. Like a good example of that or analogy would be that when a ballerina spins and they want to go faster, they, they go tight. tight, tight, tight yeah. When they yeah. slow down, they get wider. Right. So, I mean, if you think about it like that, um, if you want to be short to the ball and tight, and spin tight mm-hmm. to yeah, be direct to the ball tight and is, quick yeah. to the ball, cool. which might result in a little bit less power. But you also got to th- remember that the pitcher provides the power. Right. And Amen. all you got to do yeah. is get the barrel to the ball yeah. Yeah. out in front. Which is even more reason to and slow things down whenever yeah. that guy is throwing it I mean, hard. so if you could sell something to your kids, I would say is if you can't reach it with your hand, then you shouldn't be swinging at it. Mm-hmm. And if you have to break your posture to go and swing at it, then you shouldn't be swinging at it. Because that, that's the job of a pitcher is to break that. Yeah, break posture, break reach mechanics, etc. Exce- to come out of your 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 reach. Of, and, mm-hmm. You know, I have my pillars. I have to stay on my pillars. And if the pitcher breaks me coming out this way, yeah. then boom, one pillar is gone. All I have to rely, all I have to rely is just yeah. hands. Hand yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, I think before before we pivot on to you know final, our final clothing statements, 
um, cause this is all so good. And I feel like we could really, really spend more time doing this. Um, but, but after all your mechanics and everything, and we're going into game preparation even more, how important it is to you. And this is, I, like you said, for the young, for the younger guys that are really, this, this question probably goes into guys that are get, getting ready to go to the college level or getting ready to go to the pro level. How important is it to do your homework as far as who you're facing? Cause I know at least probably from a U of H standpoint, bigger division ones and all the video that you get and, and, and sitting down and doing your homework. How important is it for you to study who you're facing that night or who you're facing that weekend or knowing what, what guys are coming out of the pen and what stuff they have, Yeah, you know, apart from your preparation in the cage and working on Alex, how important is it for you up here to be ready for what you're going to see that night? Yeah. Um, Usually they send us the video of the pitcher the night before or like the week, uh, a couple of days before. Mm-hmm. I don't really go too too deep into like seeing um, like all. I mean, they give us like the report before the before the game, right? Okay. And they say they throw most uh, with like a O2 count. They mostly go to a curveball yeah. or you know change up a way. They or give something. you his pitch, rep- pitch yeah. repertoire in certain situations. More habits, counts. but f- okay. something that I do for myself is. Gabe taught me this as well. He's I visualize. So before they send us a video of the pitcher, so I see his fastball, what slot he's throwing from. Um, I see um, how his, his curveball breaks, how a fastball moves, how the changeup moves, and I visualize that. I do my homework on that part. I I make sure I visualize a perfect swing, and I make sure I get there. And I'm I'm trying to I try to visualize the curveball and the fastball how it moves from the pitcher. But I look at the video for maybe like 30 seconds, see the fastball, see the curveball, see a changeup, and then I go from there. And then before the game, they say they go into more tendencies of like when he's going to do this and when he's going to do that. But that's not really something I focus on because at the end of the day is can I get to my hitting point? Can I get to mm-hmm. my stance? And if I can get there, it gives me a better chance at hitting the baseball. Right. So. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, visualizing is something that I got introduced at a young age and I try to instill into Alex and I'm glad that he's continued it because if you cannot visualize yourself having a perfect swing, you're not going to have one, guys. I mean, guys and girls, like you need to visualize yourself having success, visualize yourself executing stuff. So once you get into that situation, you know, you're not overthinking. You've already been there in your head. I tell Alex that a big time. Like, before game nights, big-time games, you know, whether you're playing at a different field, imagine yourself at that field. uh, Picture yourself there. So when you get there, you've already been there in your mind. And if that even lowers your heart rate, you know, 10 beats per minute, it's totally worth the visualization you do the night prior. So... We'll talk about visualization in another podcast. We can definitely go in depth, but that's something that Alex does, and I think that's something that a lot of young athletes need to add to their repertoire. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, going going into our last couple questions, and and for for future Blueprint Pod listeners, uh, I think these two questions are are what we want to be constant questions at the end of our podcast with with you know these guys. And girls are our first question being, you know, along the lines of, of hard work and work ethic, right? Um, 
I think everyone has a different definition uh, of, or let me take that back. Maybe everyone has the same definition of, of what hard work is, but the way they live it, I think is differently is different. Um, and so I think this, this question could benefit everybody, but especially younger guys that are coming up and, and really trying to, you know, want to take their, the next step to the next level, um, to you, right. And I know you've had a different upbringing and you've been exposed to, to older siblings and parents that have worked their tails off. Right. Um, but what, what is hard work to you in your eyes? Okay. Um, and I think, yeah, after you answer that, give us what like a day in the life of, uh, of a college U of H athlete is and what your routine is each day from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I think hard work to me is, I think anybody can say they worked hard for that day or anybody can say, yeah, I did my routine for this week. But I think true hard work is how long you can be disciplined and how long you can be consistent with your hard work. And I think if you can handle that discipline and consistency, then I think that's what the true definition of hard work is, is waking up every day for not just months, I mean, not just weeks, not just days, but, you know, months or, or years that creates the good habits. And I think that's what hard work really is, is being able to do it every single day and making it normal for yourself, you know? Um, like, was it normal for, I mean, at first when my dad started working, like, was it normal for him to, to wake up? No, but he worked hard to provide for the family, and I like I see that as hard work. So it kind of made it normal to me. So mm -hmm. I saw that discipline and consistency in him. So I consider him a hardworking guy. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a that what Alex just said. Got uh, there is you get two things out of that that are very hard to get in life as you grow older as well. Change and growth change and growth are very difficult now alex just gave y'all the blueprint very true that's where growth and that's where change happens is doing something discipline hard work not just for a day see how many days you can do it consistently weeks turn into months next thing you know we were talking in the car next thing you know you have had a whole year with 90 percent of the days you've been absolutely locked in and that's where you see change. That's where you see growth. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great answer. Give me now. Give me a, a day in the life right now. Um, at U of H, I know you're about to get in the season, but maybe what what an off season day at U of H is like. Off season. Um, well, I feel like there's two types of off season. Like there's this off season in the winter, but there's an off season like right before the season. And right before the season, um, you start speeding up a lot of stuff. But I'm still kind of um, consistent with my with my habits, and some of my habits are. Um, I, I guess I can go through my day is, you know, I'm waking up at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and something that Gabe and to me, it was, I visualize, um, you know, my, my day, yeah. I, I visualize my day and I just visualize just baseball. Cause that's my job right now. My, my job is to be the best baseball player I can for not just myself, but for my teammates and just something that's inside of me. So I visualize in the morning, for maybe like 10 minutes. And then after that, um, some days we have uh, weights like at, at uh, 1130. So, I mean, I'm eating 
my my first meal like around nine ish mm-hmm. and then going to weights like around eleven thirty and um I, I I do my my weights and then after that I'm making sure this year one of my roles is gonna be to be able to play um third base and I'm making sure I do my my fielding routine before that. So I've been really consistent with that and I've been really disciplined with that. So and I've gotten a lot better, and hopefully my hard work pays off this season. But I may, I've been making sure that I'm really consistent in that. And then after that, we have um, early work hitting, and um, that's where all the hard work kind of just you know, goes in because you only have like a certain amount of time. So I'm making sure I do my drills. I'm doing my – getting to my square. I'm making sure I feel my square first. I'm making sure uh, I do my, my bounce drill, which I do constantly. Like, that's – People at U of H know that the bounce drill is my drill. <laughs> Everybody knows, like, I'm staying back and I'm being able to only hit that pitch. And I, I like doing it with a, a short bat, too, so you can't nice. go out and reach, you know? Right. So I like doing it with a short bat so it can be even tighter. And I'm not, like, breaking my, you know, I'm not breaking over to like, go and get it. So I like doing the bounce with the short bat. And from there, um, we go to machine and it's just all, from there I go to my five foundations again. And from there, uh, boom, we go to we go to practice, and then I like right now I've been cons- consistently doing my cold and hot tub routine. Hot cold treatment, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just to go back to that, but yeah, I've been um, doing that just for recovery because I'm a little I'm an older college guy now, so I need to really take care of my body. Yeah, yeah the and, fat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's at us. Yeah, <laughs> so I really need to take care of my body. So I'm doing a cold tub, hot tub, um, like five times a week, and that's helped me out a lot. So, yeah, and then from there, I'm doing maybe homework, yeah. and then... Oh, yeah, you're still a student. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, doing homework, and then, yeah. yeah that's a great out. rundown. Um, no, yeah. but, I mean, I think I think that question uh, hopefully opens some eyes for, for some guys that are... Yeah, it's at a full-day job. They, they, think, they think they want it, right? A lot of these, yeah. a lot of these guys, you know, even, even for myself, like, going into college, right? I was like, you know, I want this. I really think I – and I got it. And I show up and I throw up <laughs> my first day of college <laughs> workouts, right? In the summer. It's not even a team workout. It's, like, yeah. it's me and two other kids. Um, and it really opens your eyes to, like, how intense all these days mm-hmm. are, right? Not just one hour of workout and two hours of baseball. Like, it's a whole day and it all adds up, right? And it's Study taking care hall. of your body taking care of your body yeah. and it's nutrition throughout the day even when you're in class um so i think i think your answer was incredible from from what hard work is and just a day in the life right now um yeah. you know i think that's eye-opening for these guys that that think they want it uh transitioning to that uh with that i i, I want to ask what how do you how do you define success as well and and how do you see that in your eyes um and maybe maybe you think you're successful right now, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you have a different definition. I, I'm very curious as to how you would define success. And and you know everyone has goals, everyone wants to get somewhere. Um, but but in your eyes, what does Alex Lopez define as being successful? I think you can define success as a lot of things. Like you can have. I mean, I have my success in the long run. But I also see success in myself for every single day because you gotta stack your wins every single day. Um, um, I think success comes, you know, and like 
waking up every day and trying to be the best version of yourself. Um, success is um, being able to create a better version of yourself and striving for, a, you know, to be the, a better version of yourself. And I think that's uh, pretty successful right there in and, and, and of itself. But um, in the long run, I think successful is being able to provide for the people around you. Um, having that freedom to, you know, go see family, have your family and friends and being able to provide for them, taking care of them, making sure everyone's happy. And if I have to take like the hard work load so I can take care of them, then I would, because that's what makes me feel successful is me being able to work hard for them so I can take care of them. And also having that freedom so I can spend time with them. And if you um, take care of yourself health-wise, so I can run around with my kids when I'm 40, 50 years old, I think that's successful too. Yeah. And wanting people to be around you, wanting people to have combos with you, wanting people, when having people reach out to you, I think that's a great feeling. That's a great sign of success that people want to reach out to you. Uh, people want to be around you. And, you know, just... I think that's that's awesome, and I think I think um, in the long run, if I could have three things, I think it would be my family, um, freedom to do things with them, and my health. And if you have, if I have those three, then then I'll be successful. Heck yeah, dude! Yeah, it's a great answer. I think a lot of people, you know, when they hear success, those are not that's not the foundation, nice. right? You know, cars it might, be, might be bank account yeah, or bank account. <laughs> having nice yeah. things, right? And and just more of like a status. Um, having a nice Mustang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> no dude, I yeah. Geez, we love you, dude. We're not we're not bashing you, man. We'll bring, it, we'll bring you on one. <laughs> um man, that's been awesome. Uh, I really appreciate all these answers and depth answers. Um, you know, kind of take taking us into to what goes on in your mind. Um, and, and while that's a lot of information, uh, I, 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 I think there's bits and pieces that people can definitely hold on to and take with. Right. And that's, that's our goal is to, is to have whether middle school, high school, college adults, man, people that are older, um, to take new things and bits and pieces of, of information and wisdom, um, and self-disciplines. Right. And just kind of what, what drives you on an everyday journey to be successful like you said uh i think everything you've said has been super inspirational it's been educational um it's been wise right and and i've personally got to learn more about you which has been awesome um i know you're a great guy i know you're a great player but what goes into alex lopez being a great player and a great person i got to learn more about so for that man i'm, I'm super thankful that you did this with us awesome no, i appreciate you guys having me on here yeah man Gabe, awesome. yeah. any final thoughts any wrap-ups Good stuff. If you're a uh, young or not so young athlete, I think there's a lot of good things that you could pick up on and uh, sharpen your toolbox for sure. Definitely. Well, Al, we love you, man. Hopefully, we get to we get the chance to have a recurring a <laughs> recurring podcast and follow up and see what else you've been doing after this season and wherever you go after this season, man. But uh, I appreciate it, man. We love you and yeah. uh, go Cougs. Yeah. yeah. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. All right, guys. Episode one, man. Thank y'all. We're back. Just one, We had one more question pop up after we started. <laughs> so uh, the podcast is not over. We got one more question. Al, 
Um, I think I think we'd be remiss not to to ask if if there's anything from your journey to where you are now, going back, if there was any advice or tips or or just wisdom that you had for kids, um, you know, growing up playing ball, uh, or middle school, high school playing ball, or even guys, you know, underclassmen uh, in college ball right now, right? That yeah. if you were to go back and maybe redo something or or it was something that was super important that you did do that you you could emphasize more that it is important to do. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think if if I were to like summarize all this, and I go back to everything that's helped me in my journey, and all the hope I got from Gabe, all the hope I got from my brother and my dad, um, none of that would have happened. You know, with me developing myself, if I didn't believe in myself. But, you know, if I didn't believe in myself, then I wouldn't be motivated to do anything. You know, if Gabe would have told me about visualization and I kind of I kind of would have just blown it off because I don't like believe in myself. I don't really see myself in baseball. Then that would have just been another thing he said to me. But I've taken that and I, I knew it could make me better. And I believed in myself that I could make I could be better at that. And that's what made me better is I believed in myself and I have the confidence in myself to be the best baseball player that I can be. And, you know, just, I just help myself out by just, by just by believing myself. And no matter what anybody says about nobody, no no matter what any coaches say to you, what people, any people say to you, it's just, if you believe in yourself and you can work hard, then things are going to come your way. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's you you work hard. Yeah. It's you versus you. And, God provides for those who work hard. Yeah. So that's and that's that's something I really believe in. And yeah, so it's to the kids out there. I mean, believe in yourself, and no matter what what anybody says to you, just believe that you can do it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. From the baseball perspective, obviously it's a team sport, right? You're one of thirty five. Yeah. Twenty seven, depending on the weekend, right? And so, uh, at the end of the day, though, right? It's Alex stepping in the box. Right. It's, exactly. it's whoever your teammate is. It's them stepping in the box. Uh, and in that moment, right, it's yeah. your your contribution starts with your your talent. Right. And and if you couldn't think you did, if, if you don't think you can do it, no one else is going to think. You right. Can do it. Exactly. And, and, and I think and I think that there, there's a presence that comes with that. Right. Is is self-confidence um, and and, you know, even a sense of cockiness. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah. You you can tell when someone has that yeah. in yeah. their head or, yeah. or, or the head that's on their shoulders. You can tell that it's like, all right, yeah. that guy that guy knows he's good, yeah. right? You need, and a, it's, you need a little bit of an, of an ego, right? And yeah. and it's not so much being a it's not an abrasive ego, right? You're not yeah. rubbing people the wrong way. Granted, there are people on the field that maybe might rub people the wrong way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's people that that you hate playing against, but in the locker room you're like, that guy's awesome. Like that yeah. that's the kind of guy. Like I want that. That's the great greatest teammate. And and he's annoying to play because he's one he's probably good, and two he probably just rubs you the wrong way because he's an absolute competitor, right? Exactly. Um, but I I, th- I think that's such a good point to bring up because sometimes that's really the biggest thing that's holding yeah. people back, right? And like you exactly. say, like yeah, there's 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 a sense of having natural talent, mm-hmm. right? Some people have the knack of swinging a bat and a ball just coming out of someone's hand really well, right? They just have those instincts, but I think we've all played with dudes that just have mad talent, 
but but it comes down to everybody else believes in him more than the way he than than him believing in himself, right? It's yeah, like exactly. hey, that guy has it, but nothing none of it matters unless the guy that has it yeah. believe he believes he has it. He right? needs to buy into himself a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I like I like that you said that like it might take having a little bit of an ego, right? Yeah. And and understanding that like you are a guy, you yeah. are a dude. I do I do have a I do have a talent, and I know I have it, and I know I'm good at it. Um, and I some people some people take it the wrong way, but but at the end of the day, like you said, man, like it is such an important thing to have, and I think it's something I probably struggle with a little bit too, and. I'm sure other people can attest to that. And so I think that's great advice for guys that are coming yeah. up and, and, and even now that are playing the game. Shit, that's, that's a, that's a, that's something a big leaguer could take right now that, that out. might be struggling with that. Right. Yeah. So, so no, that's great stuff, man. I appreciate that. Um, Sweet. I think, I think we're officially, was that the last, that was the last question? Yes, sir. All right. We're signing, we're signing <laughs> off. Unless <laughs> Al, unless Al has more, we'll, good night. We'll get back tomorrow and we'll, we'll answer. <laughs> nah, good we're good. We're done. Episode one's a wrap. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Peace.